Welcome to the Coastline Podcast. We exist as a church to help connect you to God and the people around you, to help you grow in your faith, and to challenge you to go into your community sharing the love of Christ. Three things, connect, grow, go. If you'd like information on what is going on at Coastline, follow us on Instagram and Facebook or email us at hello at coastlinensb.com. Yeah, so in this season, as we're going through this series, you know, it's, it's one of those things that, um, you know, the, the, the world that we kind of live in, we've at some point started this celebration of Halloween, which is, is kind of a celebration of fear. And uh, to me, I don't, I don't think that that's what God's called us to. I don't think that fear uh, is something that he wants us uh, to, to, to be a part of or to hinder us, especially what, what he has called us to. And so we've kind of adjusted uh, our way of thinking about this. My hope is that as a church, as a body of believers, uh, you know, we can kind of turn this holiday away from, from uh, something that maybe celebrates fear. Uh, to be that of a time in which we understand how we can combat and, and fight fear. Uh, and I think that, uh, that Jesus shows us how to do this uh, in his word. But many of us, we came in here today and uh, we, we all share in one thing, that, there's, that we have fear of something. Some of us have fear of what's going on in our life financially right now. Uh, some of us have, have fear of what's going on in the world with, uh, with COVID and what's going on with our jobs. Uh, some of us have, have fear of what's going on in, in our family or, or the fear of being, being alone. One of the things I feel like uh, I'm reminded, though, throughout the Bible as we, as we read it, that something like 365 times it says in the Bible that we're supposed to fear not, right? You guys remember that from last week? Like there's many times where it says like this is something that we're not supposed to do. We're not supposed to allow in to kind of adjust uh, our, our purpose or how we pursue our purpose. And so we've been looking at like how do we figure this out? How do we, how do we live a life that is, that is facing this idea of fearing not as opposed to being afraid of, of the things that the world is putting in front of us? And um, today specifically I want to preach a message that I've entitled Angry and Afraid. Angry and afraid. You know, we live in a world right now where opinion is king, right? Everybody has a, has a different opinion about, about many, many different things, right? One of the things you don't hear me talk about a whole lot from the stage, and you probably won't ever, is, is, uh, is politics. Uh, mostly because, like, unless it has something to do with the Bible, like, it's that, that's, that's something that uh, the Holy Spirit's got to kind of guide you in which way you should believe p- politically, I'm not choosing from the stage one side or, or the other. And it's, it's also one of those things that, like, when it comes to you, part of it is, like, an opinion situation. We all know that there's a little bit of a fear when it comes to us even talking about politics with some people because we're not quite sure how these other people, uh, what their opinion is. And we've seen time and time and time again of where we have these opinions and we share them with one another, and all of a sudden, if the opinions don't match up, there's this clash and the clash doesn't turn into, like, just a conversation that we can continue to have. It turns into this idea of canceling one another and, and ghosting one another and, and literally walking away from and, and never having a connection again. We see this with many things. We see this with, uh, with politics, uh, right? We see this when it comes to, to health care. A big one right now is, you know, there's, there's people that are, that are pro-vaccine and, and, and not pro-vaccine. I guess that would be anti-vaccine, right? Yeah? 
Uh, we see this with, with many different things. We see this with pickup trucks, right? We got people that like Chevys. We got people like Fords. And for some reason, the Ford people hate the Chevy people, and the Chevy people hate the Ford people. And I'm like, I don't care. They're both trucks, and they're great. I like them both. But we all have these opinions, and it's turned into this thing where now we have to be careful. We're, we're, we're a little bit afraid of how we communicate and share these opinions with one another because we're afraid we're going to get written off. We're going to get ghosted, or we're going to get canceled. Some of us, we, we don't have that fear at all. We're actually the opposite part of that problem, where we're just so steadfast and stubborn with our opinion that, like, anyone has anything else, we're like, we're going to cancel them. Like, if you don't believe what I believe, like, my job is to make you believe what I believe, or you got to get out of my life. And I think both these ideas are wrong. I think, I think when it comes to an opinion, I, I think it's okay for us to have an opinion. I don't think it's, it's something we should be afraid of sharing that opinion. I also don't think that when it comes to our opinion, we should be so steadfast in it that we cut out other people in our lives because of it, because they don't line up with what we believe. I think Jesus talks about this a lot, this, this tension between us and the people around us. Uh, and, he, and specifically, he talks about it uh, a lot in uh, his Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5. And so this morning, if you brought a Bible or if you got a phone with a Bible app, I want you to pull it up uh, to Matthew chapter 5, verse 21. We're going to start there. We're going to just read a couple verses. But this is Jesus speaking. So anything that's in red in the Bible, it means Jesus said, I think this is important for us to understand and really, uh, really, really uh, follow through with. He says this, when he's talking to this massive group of people, he's, he's talking to people from many different walks of life, many different uh, people that would have had different opinions and beliefs about specific things. He's talking to, to poor people. He's talking to middle class people. He's talking to rich people. He's talking to men. He's talking to women. He's talking to, to Pharisees. He's talking to, to, peop, to Gentiles, people that are far from the faith. And in this group of people, he says this. He tries to reach, reach them all. He says, he says, you have heard that our ancestors were told, you must not murder. If you commit murder, you'll be subject to judgment. Now, in those days, what he's referring to is like judgment. You would go before uh, the, the, the high priest, and you would be judged, and ultimately, if you had committed murder, you would be put, you'd be put to death. This is something that people understood in those times, like murder, murder is wrong. It's still wrong today, right? That's something we would all agree with. But he continues on. He says, but... I say, if you are even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. Now, hold on a second there, real quick. Jesus goes and he, he takes this, this Old Testament law, which would have been uh, something that, that you would have seen the, in the Torah. This would have been uh, an understanding that, like, yes, murder is wrong. We all agree with it. And he, he connects it to this, this other law that says, if you're even angry with someone, it's just like murder. And so he like elevates this thing, he adjusts their way of thinking of like, okay, there's not this multi-tiered, fasted idea of, of what's right and what's wrong. When it comes to murder, murder is wrong, but also on that same level, you need to understand that being angry with someone is just as wrong. To have anger held in your heart for someone is, is just as wrong, and you're subject to the same judgment. Continue on, he said, if you call someone an idiot you're in danger of being brought before the court. And if you curse someone, you're in danger 
of the fires of hell. This is, this is some pretty serious conversation. Jesus is like literally telling me, he's like, if you curse someone, you're in danger of fire of hell. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, I've driven down I-4 sometime in the past decade and a half in which they're still doing construction on that thing. And I don't understand who's in charge of that project, but we need a prayer for that person. It's really hard to, to drive down I-4 in the middle of rush hour and not want to try to call someone an idiot, right? At the, at the very least, right? Some of y'all, you really need to pray while you're driving down I-4 because you're like out like trying to tell people like who's number one and all that stuff like that, right? And you're letting it fly. You're rocking that coastline sticker on the back of it. My goodness. But Jesus is saying, hey, like when it comes to this idea of interacting with one another, like, yeah, murder, murder is bad. Like you should not, you should not try to kill somebody. But also to, to hold anger in your heart is, is just as serious. I think a part of the reason why he's saying this, though, is is not just because it's like one of those things where he's, he's trying to protect other people. I think he's communicating to the people because he's saying, hey, like, you need to hold yourself accountable for this because you're the one that is affected the most. Because many times we think if we're just going to be angry with this person, we're allowed tensions to rage, and we're just going to hold on to it, that at some point we have a leg up on them. The problem is it doesn't really affect them at all. It just affects us. It affects, it affects our heart. Just for a second, this is between you and God. I want you to take a second to think to yourself, is, is there someone that I'm angry at? Is there someone that I've, I've held, on, held anger onto? You, you know that person. I mean, I'm not going to call you up here. I'm not going to call you out about it. I, I can think of my own situation. I want to let you know when we read this, Jesus is also talking to us. And it's very serious. He continues on. He says this. He says, so if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple... And you suddenly remember someone is, has something against you, leave your sacrifice at the altar and go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. Now from where Jesus was to like where the temple was in Jerusalem, it was something like a, like a three-day walk. And so Jesus is telling these people, he's saying, hey, like, like if, if you're in Jerusalem about ready to make a sacrifice, if you're ready to worship me and, and you think that there's something that you have anger or someone has anger against you, he says, stop, stop worshiping me and go fix it with them first and then come back. He's saying, stop what you're doing, walk, walk for three days, fix it, and then come back. He says, when it comes to anger, it's, it's that important. If, if you were to take away any from this message, if I were to give you one sentence that describes the, the things that we should understand when it comes to this message this morning, it's this. It's okay to have a different opinion, but people are worth more than the point. It, it's okay for you to have a different opinion, but people are worth more than the point. You know, I think about Jesus, uh, and one of the, the things that he taught to, to his disciples and those around him, and specifically even the Pharisees, uh, is when they tried to stump him and ask him about, like, what is, what's the most important law? He says the foundation of them all is this. He says, love God with everything that you have. But then without missing a beat, he skips on. He says, I also got to let you know that as equal to that, 
you got to love your neighbor as you love yourself. And, and the thing that, like, I, I still have trouble understanding is, is this part of, of that, like, I can understand that we should love God. He's created us. He's given the air that we breathe. He's created this beautiful place that we get to live next to, this beautiful ocean. Like, like I understand the, the loving that we should give and surrender everything to God. It's not something that, that's always easy to do. It's easy for us to kind of hold on to things our own selves and, and not surrender. But I understand the reason why we should. But then Jesus says, that like, no, like as equal to that, as equal to loving God with everything, you should also care about the people that are next to you, the people that you, you do life with, the people that have, that have a different opinion than you do. The Apostle Paul, he writes to Timothy a letter, and he says this in it. He says, he said, I say again, he says, don't get involved in foolish, ignorant arguments that only start fights. A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but must be kind to everyone. Be able to teach and be patient with difficult people. Let me say that last part again. Be patient with difficult people. Now, now here's the thing that I would understand. I, I think when if we're supposed to be patient with difficult people, if we're supposed to love the people around us, like, I don't think that's a characteristic that God just puts inside of us, but maybe he gives us opportunity to do so, right? Maybe he, he puts in our way, he gives us opportunity to, to learn how to love difficult people. Now, some of you are already like, Brian, you told me to think about a person that I've harbored anger against, like you, and, and yeah, I've got opportunity, but like you don't understand what this person has done, you, you don't get it. You don't get that, like, there's, there's no way that I could forgive this person or let this go. This person has such a different opinion about this specific area in my life or this specific areas that, that we disagree on. There's just no way that we can talk in, with one another. I think Jesus has the answer for that as well. I think it's, I think it's one primary ingredient. And he continues on also uh, Matthew talks about Jesus' Sermon on the Mount in the same chapter, chapter 5, verse 38. He says this, he says, You've heard the law that says a punishment must match the injury, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. But I say do not resist an evil person. If someone slaps you on the right cheek, offer them the other cheek also. If you are sued in court for your shirt take, and it's taken from you, give your coat as well. If a soldier demands that you carry his gear for a mile, carry it two miles. Give to those who ask and don't turn away those who want to borrow. You have heard the law say, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you'll be acting as true children of, uh, to, uh, of your Father in heaven. For he gives us sunlight to both the evil and the good. He sends rain to those uh, who are just and unjust alike. This is the key. He says, if you love only those who you love, what reward is that even there? He said, even the corrupt tax collectors love those that they love. He said, if you're kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that. But you are to be perfect, even as your Father in heaven 
is perfect. I think for you to fight with and, and, and wrestle with the anger that you have in your heart, for you to, to sit there and, and listen and hear to a friend who has a different of opinion, I think the only way that you get through it is with love. But understand that part of the way that what God has called you to be in the church is to love them in spite of their difference of opinion. To love them to the point where you don't try to force your opinion on them. Love is the thing that will change it all. Romans chapter 13 verse 8 says, Owe nothing to anyone except for your obligation to love one another. If you love your neighbor, you will fulfill the requirements of God's law. For the command says you must not commit adultery, you must not murder, you must not steal, you must not covet. These and other such commandments are summed up in this one commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does not wrong others, so love fulfills the requirements of God's law. I think it's time for us to to make an adjustment in the world. You know, when we, we look back and we look back and, and see the people that Jesus had to deal with in his time, there was, there was Gentile people, there was Jewish people, there was Romans, there was, there was Pharisees. Not, not all of them got along. Not all of them had the same opinion about things. But Jesus still died for every single one of them. I'm reminded that as as we have different opinions, if we're followers of Christ, we should still have the same mission, which is to love God with everything. And 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 His Son says it's equal to that. It's to love the people that are around us, whether they have a difference of opinion or not. I think our charge this morning is to to love people, to let go of anger. And if we're going to say something, to say it in love. Part of, of me loving you in a relationship that we're in, me and Ed Distachio, we've, we've we've figured this out well. You have no idea what I'm going to say. I hope you feel a lot of tension right now. Me and Ed don't always agree on everything. There's some things that we disagree on. But we love each other. And it doesn't matter if he thinks different than I think. I think different than he thinks. We still understand in one thing, that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. That we have the same mission to further his church. And part of that requires for us to love one another and help each other accomplish that mission. Now, some of you think, like, what does that believe? Like, it's not, we don't, we don't disagree on much. But we found the balance that sometimes we don't have to agree on everything. And that's okay. We just have to agree that we're all called to the same mission, same purpose. And we're supposed to help each other and love each other through it.
Ed could come up to me and tell me, man, there's something going on in your life that is wrong. I'd listen to him because I know Ed loves me enough to tell me the truth no matter what. He wouldn't beat me over the head with it. He would do it in a loving, brotherly way. I think if we have differences of opinions, that's how we're supposed to approach it with those around us. Not by canceling them. Not by walking out. Not by ghosting them. But by loving them through it. And so I would tell you this. Ed can come up and disagree with me and address anything in my life because I know that he loves and cares about me. There's some people that will try to address something in my life or tell me their opinion, and I just tell them that's great, and I don't pay any attention to it because there ain't any love there. I think if you're going to talk to someone about what's going on in their life, if you're going to offer up your opinion, it's got to be done from a place of love. And if you can't do it, then don't do it. It's not your place. Because Jesus didn't tell us. He didn't say go and tell people your opinion. He didn't say go and make sure everyone votes the way that you vote and lives the way that you live. He said, and they will know who I am by the way that you love one another. This seems like a very basic thing. Some of you guys are like, Brian, you're not, you're not getting any new, new ground here. But I'm going to tell you, this is one of the biggest downfalls of our community right now. We're walking away from each other. We're canceling these connections based off of anger and opinion. And it's the opposite of what Jesus tells us to do as the church. One of the guys in the Bible that I love reading from the most because there was so much that had to have happened in him is this guy, James. He writes this book in the New Testament. But the reason why James is such a big deal is because James was the brother of Jesus. He lived the most time with him. He wasn't with him for a couple years. He was with him for like a couple, a few decades. And at some point at the end of Jesus' life, James declares that my brother, the one that I saw through all these years, through everything, he's my Lord and my Savior. He is the Christ. And the fact that a, that a brother would say that about his brother, I mean, that's a big deal. Like, what must have happened to convince James that Jesus was the Son of God? James writes this in chapter 1, verse 19. He says, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts, for it has the power to save your souls. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourself. For if you listen to the word and don't obey it, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, you walk away, and you forget what you look like. 
But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, that God will bless you for doing it. If you claim to be religious, but don't control your tongue, you're fooling yourself and your religion is worthless. Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans and widows and their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. The Bible says that we're not to conform to the patterns of this world. We're not supposed to adjust ourselves to take on that culture. But we're supposed to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Today, that's what my prayer is for you, that as you heard this, as you read these scriptures, and I challenge you to read them this week, that your mind would be renewed and that you would put this into practice. That you would love those that have a difference of opinion. That you would not walk away from, that you would not cancel. That you would continue to live in the purpose of Christ and what he's called you to. I think if we do that, our lives will be better. I think if we do that, our, our world our world will be better. And I think if we could all agree on one opinion, it would be that, that our world needs Jesus to come in and have his way in it. Would you agree with that? Yeah. This morning I want to end with prayer and one song, the band's coming up. But before I do, I want you guys to bow your heads, close your eyes all across this place. If you're here today, you've had an issue with anger. If you've had an issue with cutting people out of your life that now you feel like that maybe wasn't the way. If you have an issue of of fear in your life, you're saying, Brian, it's hard to stand up for what, what I feel like Christ putting in my heart. If today you need courage to fight that fear, if you need control to tame your tongue, the only way to any of that is, is through Christ Jesus. And so if you're in need of something, if you're in need of courage, if you're in need of control, if you're in need of forgiveness, I want to challenge you to reach out to Christ for it this morning. So if you're here today and you need any of those things, without looking around, it's just between you and God. As a sign of surrender, if you need his hand to help you get through what you're going through, I want you to put a hand up and put it right back down. You're not doing it for my sake, you're doing it for yours. You're saying, God, you know what it is. You know what I'm dealing with. I need you to step in. Let me give you three more seconds. Heavenly Father, you've seen these hands that have been raised. You know what we're going through better than we do. God, right now, I pray that your Holy Spirit would settle upon us and would heal us and would adjust us and would change us to be the the person, the people that you have called us to be. I pray that we would be able to cancel the, the, the canceling in our life, that we would be able to step away from this, stepping away from people. And that we would be healed through rather than offering an opinion, but 
rather offering a hand and help and love. And I pray that you would challenge us to make these decisions to do this, not just this morning, but tomorrow when we go to work, tonight when we're dealing with our children and what we're doing with our spouse, tomorrow when we're driving down I-4. I pray that you would step in and show us and teach us how to continue to love those that are around us. And I pray that we would not lose sight of it. I thank you so much for what's to come. In Jesus' name we pray. As always, Coastline, know that you are loved and that the best is yet to come.